Hello, my wonderful warriors. This is your host Chanel of the Woman in Media podcast here on 91.9 KCSS, the Valley's true alternative. I have a terrific woman being featured on today's show, and that is Dyson Topian disco pop performer Alyssa Midcalf aka Primer, and she signed on to Egg Hunt Records. We talk about some other artists we should be listening off that record label, her personal female role models, the band Tears for Fears, and growing up in Palm Springs. Be on the lookout for her sophomore album, Incubator. It is coming out April 15th, and let's listen to the opening track, off that album, Impossible Thoughts. It's such a banger, and it's being played here on KCSS.
Hi, Alyssa. I was looking at the thread that I sent you an email and I'm going through it and I can't believe we scheduled this interview back in January. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I was like, and now we're finally here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for joining my Woman in Media podcast. And starting off, are there any influential women in your life or any female role models that inspired you to be an artist? Now it could be within the music industry or it could be outside the music industry. Yeah. In my life. I mean, I feel like most of my role models are all women. I have such a strong relationship with my mom and my sister and like all of my close like friends. What specifically inspires you about them? Well, my sister and my mom are just really strong mothers and like the way that they interact with their children and the love that they have and just altruism that they have for people is so inspiring. And recently the Grammys just happened. Did you happen to catch any of the performances? No, I didn't. I wanted to, but I just like don't have TV right now, (laughs) which is not like a like pretentious thing. I want to have TV. I'm just like too lazy to set it up. Who do you think should be receiving a Grammy next? Well, I was stoked to see um, Japanese Breakfast was nominated. I think it's always cool when like the more I mean, she's not even really indie at this point, but the more kind of like alternative subsect artists are getting some attention. That's always really exciting. But I do think that she should have won. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And also another thing, too, there was a discussion of an interview I was watching and they were talking about how the alternative and the rock scene seem to always be like pushed away. Like we never get to see the airing of the awards or the performances, but hopefully that does change in the future. And I know that recently you got signed with Egg Hunt Records. Mm -hmm. Who else on that roster should we be aware of? Oh, um, there's a lot of really cool artists on there. They just put out Alyssa Gengos's record who is out here in LA where I live too. And, and she did, a great job with that record she did everything herself and it's really cool they put out lucy dacus's first record which i think is like any lucy dacus's fans haven't gone back and listened to that first record that they put out they should listen to it it's really cool they have like a sarah bug record which is a great i've just been listening to that a lot lately they did it last year and then there's a few others that are really incredible so you're back in Southern California because I was reading that you were also living in Michigan as well I've I've moved around a bunch I grew up in Palm Springs and then I was in Michigan for a really long time yeah I've been back in LA well I've been back in California new to LA since September I'm ready to be like set my roots and be based here because I've just been loving it I've started to play shows and everybody's so nice and welcoming and it's just been really great Yeah, I was going to mention that because I've been checking out your Instagram stories and you have been playing shows. So how is that like coming out of the pandemic, playing live shows to an audience? And then also you have a new album dropping. It's funny because I already got a sneak peek of it. So it's like to me, it's already out, but it's not out yet to the public. So how's that like playing your new material when it's not out yet in front of an audience? Yeah, the new material has been going over really well. Playing it to an audience who hasn't heard it yet, it's honestly, most of the people going to my shows haven't heard it yet because I'm so new here. It's like my friends and family who come and then other people who have just never heard of me. So that's been really exciting to like kind of 
meet people who are like been in the scene for a long time and that are like welcoming and like able to kind of bring me into like what's going on here because I am so new and playing shows coming out of the pandemic well I guess I mean I don't know if we're ever really coming out of the pandemic but like these lockdowns and stuff has been so so exciting because I haven't my first show in two years was like last Thursday and I haven't really been playing at all and it's just been really fun like I played my my show last week and I was like I just want to do this like every day (laughs) like I missed it so much so you said that maybe a lot of people don't know you because you're so new however this performance is not new to you because you're very familiar with with stage uh, presence and whatnot. What have you been learning that's new to you now coming back as more of a solo rather than being in a band? Just the songs are new. The songs in the crowd. I've been playing solo for with Primer for a long time. And that's been like its own learning curve where I, I would love to like bring in some more people on stage with me. I feel like I have so much control with like booking and like, you know, just playing gigs if I'm just doing it by myself, but I'd love to get more of a band, but I've just been playing solo for like a couple of years and it's, I feel pretty familiarized with it being up there alone. Now I read in your bio that you're self-taught, you were learning as a teenager music, started a band when you were 18 years old. Was that a nervous decision that you made that you wanted to pursue music as a full-time career or you just knew deep down this was what was meant for you? I tested out of high school because in California, you can just take a test and get your diploma. So it was just like very accessible for me to be like, oh, I don't have to be here if I don't want to. And I really didn't want to. I really, really struggled with it and I really didn't like it. So after two years, I just stopped going. And then like it was a year or two that I between like joining a band. And so I think it was like, what do I do? I'm bored. Cause I always like to sing and I was always singing. So it was like, I think I'll start to like learn how to play something along to it. And then I just like, I picked up guitar, picked up drums, picked up bass, picked up synthesizers and it all just started coming. And I was like, this is it. It clicked into place. And then joining the band just happened because it was a friend of mine who like needed a bass player. And so I started playing bass in her band and that was kind of like spiraled into like, we started touring and we started playing festivals and it seemed accessible that like making music and doing things and being part of communities and stuff was like tangible and reachable and it just all kind of happened. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about how that it didn't seem like you didn't enjoy school as much, but. Was there any like music classes or a choir that you kind of enrolled in and, you know, it kind of pushed that love for music? Well, I did music theater when I was a kid. So that was like a big part of my background was singing on stage in like a musical. But then as I got to be a teenager, I was just like such a self-conscious kid and everything was embarrassing. And like, as much as I probably would have thrived in an environment of like, I did take a theater in high school a little bit, but I really was embarrassed by it. Like I would have thrived doing band or doing stuff like that, but I was just like so self-conscious about like what people would think of me or like being on a stage or like putting myself out there in those ways that I just didn't really involve myself in anything in high school, which like looking back, I wish that I was able to like 
break that barrier and become more involved in like communities like that because I think they would have really helped me get through high school but instead I just rejected everything unfortunately because I was just like an angsty teenager and just really not about any of like that stuff honestly I think every teenager goes through that Mm -hmm. and I said the same thing too it's like oh I should have done the broadcasting class back in high school and I totally did not because I was so concerned what everyone was going to think of me on the screen I'm like oh I have you know bad acne it's a shame that like stuff gets in the way especially because when I was like even younger like 11 12 I was really passionate about being in musicals and like performing and singing and stuff like that and I I continue to care about music as far as like any sort of music theater or anything like that I was like absolutely not that is way too embarrassing and I've dropped it all but luckily I was able to pick it up what musicals were you involved in I was one of the Von Trapp children in Sound of Music for like months in Palm Springs and then when I was like a little kid I was in Beauty and the Beast and Annie and I think that there was maybe one more I think I might have been in like Cinderella but that was like ensemble stuff And then I did like singing competitions and stuff. It was like a weird like child performer trajectory for a while, which I was like stoked about. There was like a carnival festival in our local town and I would just like go and like do the singing competitions at this like weird festival every year. And I was like, why was I doing that? That was such a weird thing to be doing as like a 10 year old. (laughs) You know, what's such a trip is that we have so much more confidence as a kid. And then once we're a teenager, we lose that confidence. Yeah. It just gets like drained out of you. And I, it makes me sad to think about, but again, like you're so right that it's just like a natural thing that happens. But I feel like as an adult, I've been trying so hard to like rebuild this part of me that like, especially through like performing and being a musician where so much of it is just like making yourself vulnerable and like kind of putting yourself in this like weird spotlight and you have to like in some ways like build from scratch this ability to like be really vulnerable and like put yourself on a stage like literally and metaphorically and that's a huge part of like what my 20s has been figuring out how to be okay with myself publicly so I've also done theater as well like middle school high school I've been in a a couple plays one of the plays I was very proud of being was in an 80s musical and I think being involved with that play as well as the soundtrack to Grand Theft Auto Vice City (laughs) it got me into 80s music what Mm kind of got you into that 80s inspiring sound honestly I really don't know. I was always drawn to synthesizers. And I feel like once you start playing with synthesizers, it's really easy to get into that kind of aesthetic and that sound. And I've also just really loved like Depeche Mode and Tears for Fears. Like I grew up with Tears for Fears and that's been like a huge band for me. And it just always clicked with me of like, this is like something that's hitting for me and also is comes naturally to write and I love my synthesizer I've never really been able to write on guitar I like guitar music it's just never like clicked in the same way actually tears for fears they're coming back on tour 
Yeah, my dad wants to take me to that concert. <gasps> yeah. Good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> then like we gotta go because that's that's the band that I grew up on. So like, mm-hmm. like this will be perfect. It's like around my birthday. So I think we're gonna try and go. We'll see. They're very expensive tickets. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh that, that's the probably one of the worst things about like concerts, like the you know, extra fees that are not required. I'm like, what? Why am exactly. I paying like another 30 bucks for a service fee? Yeah, I live like near the Greek theater out here in LA and I wanted to see Charlie XCX and the tickets were like 20 bucks. I'm like, this is great. 20 bucks. It's so accessible. They sold out like in the first day and then like they were reselling for like $80 and I was like, okay. That's a crime. Actually, I live more up in Northern California and we also have a Greek theater. So every time people say Mm -hmm. Greek theater, I'm like, it's either LA or Berkeley. (laughs) Actually, I know that you've covered the Beach Boys, but if you could cover a Tears for Fears song, which one would that be? I really like, there's, it wasn't one of their singles. They have this one song, I think it's off of their album, The Hurting, called Suffer the Children, which sounds very like depressing, but it's actually kind of like a very upbeat song that I've always loved. And I've actually thought about like, oh, that would be a fun cover. I have like a lot of ideas of songs I'd like to cover, and then I just usually never end up executing them, but Maybe one day. Oh, what songs are those? I'm not a Beatles fan, but I recently wanted to cover the Beatles song, Baby, You're a Rich Man, because I just love the words to it. I wanted to cover Gwen Stefani's song, Cool. (laughs) And then my friends who I'm working on, like an EP with, working on a cover, which I might not say the title to yet, but hopefully we'll have a cover out soon. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Now you're talking about like being self-taught and like learning how to pick up instruments. So I noticed that on your music credits, you're doing the songwriting, the composition production, as Mm -hmm. well as other people and Mm -hmm. being a woman, also an independent artist. When do you feel like you should take ownership in the creative process, but also rightfully giving credit to other people. Some artists are manufactured. We're like, here, here's a song, sing this, and then we do the rest. So when do you feel like it's like, hey, this is my material. I feel like I should be as much involved. Yeah, I think that it totally just comes down to the artist. Like, I never want to be the type of person to say that someone who sings over someone else's production and beats is not an artist singing is an art form but I think the issue comes with like there's just never I feel like with a lot of female artists you don't even get the option to see yourself as being that at least for me when I was growing up the idea of like music production was never even visible to me so I think that it comes more to if you're a a female musician just to be able to see yourself in any position and know that all of that is accessible and all of it's pretty easy to learn and figure out and do yourself if you wanted to go that route. If you want to go the route of perfecting your voice and singing and writing lyrics and doing that and not working on production, that's fine. But if you're only doing that because you feel like none of that's even accessible and there's no way to even penetrate that world because there aren't any female musicians in that world, I think that that's really it's really sad. And I think that being able to be visible and as someone who like does write and produce and work on engineering is great. I wrote and produced and engineered my first record. I did that all myself. A lot of it was programming. And then for this one, I think for that record, it was like, I did it. And I was able to kind of like prove something to myself. 
And then with this record, I was like, I had to understand that I do have technical limitations and I was able to bring in a collaborator who did a lot of amazing production on it. And I made that decision because I was going for something a very like poppy, pristinely produced with a lot of pop production technique in it. That was like a very specific thing that I was going for where I wanted someone else who had like a different expertise than I had. So that's why I brought in another producer. But I mean, I'm sure that there'll be songs and there'll be maybe even whole albums that I'll end up doing on my own again. It just is depends on like what you're going for and also understanding what your limitations are. I think Charlie XCX, as well as the Japanese house, they've done that too, where they've self-produced their own albums, but they got someone else to get a different perspective. So yeah, I think that's refreshing as well. And you mentioned how singing as well is an art form. And I feel that when you're an artist, you have to be a storyteller. And what Mm -hmm. is your mindset when you're crafting a song and you're like, hey, this is going to be a personal story but this other song is going to be a little bit more observational. I really don't know how the songs come to be, which sounds very like lofty and like pretentious, but it's usually just there's things in my life that will hit me so hard in my chest that I can't really navigate or process them in any other way. And it's just, I can't really decide what that, thing is going to be it's just if something's hitting me so heavy that I have to process it through a song then that's how it will come one of my favorite songs is warning and I know that's about a toxic relationship that you were in and I really care about this subject about dating violence can you tell me what are some warning signs that people should be aware of if they're involved in a relationship like that I think that it just comes down to feeling like you've lost something within yourself. I think it's such a specific thing when you're young. If you're entering a relationship to fill something. But truthfully, what I've learned is that it's so hard to come to these things from anyone telling you them. It's such an internal thing. And I think that I never shame anyone for being in a situation where they could be struggling, but just to empower and support someone who can leave. And that's kind of what the song is about is like to just celebrate moving on and like being able to end or remove yourself from something. I could give a list of all the things to look out for, but truthfully, it's like such a personal and internal thing for so many people. And I think what it comes down to most of the time is just feeling a disconnect from yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a disconnect from yourself. And I know that one of the other things too is that what your abuser will do is try to disconnect you from other people. That way you're primarily Mm -hmm. focused on your abuser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
So your video was filmed in the desert, the Mojave Desert. Actually, that's probably one of the first deserts I remembered as a kid when we were like learning like geography and stuff like that. (laughs) But I know also going back to reading your bio, there was a time where you kind of like rejected where you came from, but now you've accepted it. Again, it's like this whole adult thing. You accepted where you came from. Can you tell me how it was like growing up like in Palm Springs, your childhood? We did some traveling around the U.S., but I wasn't exposed to like a ton outside of the desert. So to me, it seemed pretty normal to grow up there. But then as I got older and started touring and like visiting other places, I realized that like it's such a specific upbringing to be in like a tourist destination because Palm Springs and the desert is it functions only on tourism. So basically your role in the community is to just provide a space for other people to take up and use up the resources and enjoy and then leave and your role in the community usually is to be in like service industry roles to provide an experience for people who are just coming in and then leaving and so that was I think the thing that I rejected a lot is like the community was just not exactly what I wanted there's definitely a lot of community there and I don't want to disparage any efforts because there's a lot of art and a lot of people working really hard to build community there but it is like very specific thing to grow up in a tourist destination seeing many places and living many places and going to almost every state in the U.S. I come back to the desert and I realize this is an incredibly like specifically beautiful place and it's regardless of if I think it's beautiful or not it's still my home there's never going to be any other place besides the desert what's something you would never give up aside of music? I don't know if I'm like a very attached person because I've always been someone who just kind of, I like to just like move on and then leave everything else behind. Truthfully, I think that music's the only thing that I would never leave behind. Mm -hmm. Maybe like my family. I'd never give up my family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So your song, My House, was featured in a trailer for Harlots. Where Mm -hmm. else would you like to see your music? I think cinematic uses of music are, I feel like the most ideal for an artist. Luckily, I've been able to work with some cool like shows and stuff, but movies for sure are always like the pinnacle. I'd love to do like scores and and work more on like soundtracking. Yeah, I think you'd be very good at that, especially with your production skills that you've been saying that you've been learning on your own. And Mm -hmm. I know that your project Primer It comes from that time traveling movie. So if you could travel to time, where would you go? I've been really into like, like movies set in the 70s in the valley. Like I've been getting really into like LA in the 70s, maybe like late 60s, but there just seemed to be like some sort of like magic of like kind of old Hollywood or like even in Palm Springs of like the 60s and 70s era or like in the valley, like that time period. I just, if I could go back, I'd go to to the San Fernando Valley in the 70s, for sure. Yeah, that reminds me of the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, as well as the licorice pizza that's, like, set in yeah, the 70s. Yeah, that's, like, a Paul Thomas Anderson thing, for sure. Like, all of his movies are kind of, like... His movies are, like, very dark, but, like, this dreamy setting of, like, the 70s in L.A., and it's just, like, it's my favorite. hmm Yeah, especially when I watch, like movies or shows are they're like time periods I'm like I wonder how that would have been growing up <laughs> yeah oh, especially sure. the music I think about that all the time of just 
maybe romanticizing the past too much of like, oh, if I grew up at this period of time, I would have been way better off or whatever. But what do you want our listeners to know about you, Alyssa, but also about Primer? I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of a private person. So like me as Alyssa is like just not I don't care about making public at all. Primer, again, like I don't consider myself very much of like a public facing artist or person. It's more of just the music and what people can take away from it. And if they can't take away anything from it, that's okay too, you know? I want to play this short game with you and it's based off your song, Just a Clown. So (laughs) these are pop culture clowns. I'm going to ask you like not much of a question, but who do you think is the bigger villain? It or the Joker? It's got to be it, right? I mean... Maybe Joker is like more pop culture, like the biggest villain and more like notably the villain, but it, man, gotta be the the clown it. It kind of had a reincarnation with the Stephen King it being remade. So yeah, Mm -hmm. this fast food clown sells burgers and munchy meals. Who do you think that is? Oh my God. I know who it's Ronald McDonald. You know why you would say Ron McDonald? Because I said burgers first, but then I huh. said munchie meals. And the one that sells munchie meals is Jack in the Box. Oh, right. Okay. I forget that Jack is mm-hmm. a clown too. Yeah, I know. Because he's like, feels like a mascot or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This clown has been on this sitcom since 1989. Krusty? Yes, Krusty the Clown. Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa, for your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
Just a Clown here on 91.9 KCSS. That is off Primer. She's my woman in media guest. That's off her sophomore album, Incubator. It is out April 15th. Make sure once it drops to stream it crazy on Spotify and support it on Bandcamp as well. You can follow Primer on social media at underscore primer underscore it's the same on both twitter and instagram follow me chanel at mod rock jam that is my other podcast that you could also listen to on kcss yes i do double the podcast and thank you again for your support listening to both of them making me 40 podcasters under 40 for podcast magazine so yes i couldn't have done it without you big applause to Alyssa midcalf aka primer for coming onto the show thank you so much Alyssa, for having me speak to you your project is wonderful it's amazing and i'm looking forward to your future upcoming work as well until then hasta la vista warriors <laughs>